Welcome back to Sunday Golds, a Florida State baseball podcast. This is Brett Nevitt opening up another episode of our countdown series with another player interview. Uh, today is 19 days till FSU's season opener against James Madison on February 18th. Miami transfer Alex Terrell will be wearing number 19 for the Knolls, so you'll hear him talk to me. Uh, we'll go one-on-one in a little bit. Uh, but first, just wanted to go over some notes from the first day of preseason camp. Uh, Florida State opened up preseason camp on Friday um, this past week. Um, you know, they had been doing a bunch of workouts, but first official day with the whole team out there in pants and really getting things going and really ramping up with a eight-inning scrimmage, um, first full-team scrimmage uh, of the of this semester. Um, it was a really good day, a really good day one, I thought. Um, a lot of competition. I really like what this team's going to be able to do. Um, really in every phase of the game, um, especially much more than last year, just a much more complete roster. And I thought that coming out of fall, and I, I think that coming out of day one of preseason camp. Um, but first, we'll just go over Meet's notes, some um, some notes from Meet's press conference, which um, I'll actually add an audio from Meet's press conference as well into this after the Terrell interview, if you'd like to listen to that. Uh, but first, I'm just going to go over some of the points that he made. Um I thought the biggest one is he said there's eight guys in contention for the Sunday spot, uh, Sunday starter spot. There's nothing final there. There's nothing final with any of the the pitching staff roles really altogether. Uh, He said even Bryce and Parker aren't settled for Friday and Saturday. Those two guys will be in the rotation, but they're not saying who's Friday and who's Saturday yet. And I think Bryce and Parker will really like that. Um, You know, when we had Bryce on here, he mentioned how much him and Parker like to compete. So I feel like... That will fuel those two guys through the preseason and really give them something to work at. Uh, I think either way, Florida State's going to be in a good spot. You'll have the bulldog mentality with with Parker, um, and he's always they both always are going to give you a chance to win. Um, so either of those guys will do a good job in either role. Um, and then eight for Sunday. I mean, I know a lot of people have been asking me, is there a guy that has a leg up on everybody so far? And it's just I just really think everybody has an even sheet going into the preseason. Um, there's definitely best case scenarios for them and guys that have higher ceilings, but they're going to go with the person that gives them the best chance to win on Sundays. They're going to give them best. They're going to go with the next best person to give them a chance to win in the midweek role too, and also at the closer role. Um, just Florida State's so deep that they're going to have so many different options and so many different looks to go with. Um, so you know whoever they pick there, I think is is going to be. Better than most people's Sunday starter. Um, you know, I know for sure at least seven of those guys. I think Carson Montgomery, Jackson Bomeister, um, Jonas Scalaro, Jackson Nazu, Ross Dunn, Wyatt Crowell, Connor Whitaker. Those guys are definitely in there in that mix. And a good amount of those guys through the other day. So we'll talk about those guys as well. Um, going over to the hitter's side, me mentioned that Tyler Martin's progressing pretty well off his shoulder surgery from last year. He, um, actually hit on the field for the first time um, for BP this past week. Um, and he's starting, I think he's at 120 feet throwing now, they said. Uh, I know a while back he was definitely expected to be ready for opening day, but we'll see this year. I mean, he's going to play at some point. He's going to be healthier at all points this year than he was at any time last year. So um, so whenever Florida State gets him back, it's going to be a boost to the lineup, and it's going to be fun to watch Tyler play again just the way he plays the game. Um Reese is currently out right now with COVID, Meat had mentioned, but he had also mentioned that Meat, I mean, that Meat also mentioned that Reese was really impressing the staff and the things he was doing. 
I think he said he was really playing special baseball at the time, and they were happy with the way his swing's coming along, and he's just more in control at the, at the plate now. Um, and I think I could definitely say that's true, and Reese has looked good, but we'll see what happens when the season rolls around. I think they want to play Reese in right field. They like how he knows that fence out there, and they just want that veteran presence in, in that park. And, um, you know, if Reese can get back to health and if Reese can be, get back to his old self, um, you know, a lot of teams in the ACC are going to have to watch out because when he's right and when he's in the right mind, state of mind, um, he can be a really good player, especially at Dick Hauser with that short porch in right field. Then Meat mentioned as well that they're just they still have position battles all over the board. Um, you know the only places really settled are Alex Terrell at first base and Jordan Carrion at shortstop. Um, you know Logan Lacy's going to play center field as well. Other than that, they got a lot of position battles going on. There's guys they know that will be in the lineup, but they don't know exactly where in the field yet. Um, you know Brett Roberts is definitely going to be in that lineup. Um, is that going to be second base or third base? Don't know for sure yet. Um, was working at second base mostly the other day, but worked mostly at third base most of the fall. Um, I think a lot of that's going to depend on where Tyler feels the most comfortable when he comes back and where he does the best in the field because, you know, I think they really just want to put out a really good defensive team and, and the best possible defensive team that they can um, with the guys that they have. Um, and, there's, you know, switching over to the outfield, there's probably four guys for the two corner spots. Reese, like I mentioned, um, and then a bunch of young guys with a lot of talent and guys that really have high upsides, and those are Jaime Ferrer and Wright, I think, and James Tibbs can play right field or left field, and um, A.J. Shaver is another guy in left field that is going to get a chance to get a lot of at-bats, I think, and I think all those guys are going to be given chances at points, and I really don't think this lineup is going to be set in stone until late in the season just with all the new faces. Um, but all those guys will get play time and all those guys um, will definitely flash some really exciting things for the future and hopefully for the present as well. At catcher, Brock Mathis and Colton Vincent are definitely going to be the two guys and both guys are going to play um, in what order that is and, and how much each guy plays um, isn't set yet and that's probably going to be a full preseason battle. Um, but I think they like what they have there, especially defensively. They just want to make sure that they help out the pitching staff there behind the plate and, and get them as many strikes as they can. I know Meat mentioned that both guys are really good at framing that low pitch and getting the low strike. And with a staff like this and all the guys you have, you really want that. And I think that's going to be really such a benefit to this pitching staff and the things that they can do moving forward. And moving on to scrimmage notes, I thought I thought the biggest thing of the day was something that Meat mentioned. It was, and it was just that FSU is so much improved in the position player room, just all the depth they have. I mean, at every position, you've got a guy that's backing up that you could rely on. If somebody gets hurt, they've got somebody that can come in and play decent baseball, and there's not going to be huge drop-offs anywhere, I don't think. Um, but just starting on position players, we'll go with notes from there first. Um, there were no errors on the day in an eight-inning scrimmage. Um, only real misfires were a couple throws and double plays, but didn't ever result in someone moving up in a base or anything like that. So just a really clean day of baseball, which is really good to see on, on day one. Um, you know, it can be a little rusty to start there, but the guys were ready to go. And a lot of that has to do with how much FSU does work on infield defense every single day. Um, I mean, they take grounders for time on time and 30 plus minutes every day just guys just hitting grounders as hard as they can at those as a, at those guys so they were rushing ready and fresh and sharp to go um defensively um 
And then just a lot of use of the opposite field, I thought, which was really good to see from, from a lot of the guys. Um, you know, a lot of, I think Logan Lacey, Baz Jimenez, Colton Vincent, those guys all use the opposite field fence and right field for doubles. Um, you know, I know Trayton Rank had a hit over there as well. A couple other guys had opposite field hits. I just thought that was really good to see. And I know that probably was really something that Meat was ecstatic about coming out of day one. Um, <clears throat> going to some individual guys, Colton Vincent, as I just mentioned his name a little bit. Um, that guy is, he is a completely different player than, than last year. And it is pretty remarkable the strides he's made and the improvements he's made. Um, and he's really turned himself into an ultra-reliable catcher behind the plate. Um, you know, blocks everything that comes his way. Makes throwdowns when he needs to make throwdowns. Threw out two guys uh, the other day. One of them off a nice block behind the plate. A dirt ball read and threw the guy down by a good bit. Um, but he's just become so much better. And that's has a lot to do with the coaching staff, but also his hard work and um, I think it's just one example of showing how guys are really being developed here now. And there's a lot of guys that have gotten a lot better just from fall on, but especially from last year to, to this year. Um, Alex Terrell in his first at-bat of the preseason had a home run over that right field fence. Um, I just think people don't – I just think people are understating what, what he can do and how much of a complete hitter that he is. I mean, every at-bat he takes, it's, it's a battle to play – um, he uses all fields. Um, he had another line drive the opposite way. Uh, you know, his home run came off a changeup that was in both both good pieces of hitting he had was lefty-lefty. Um, he's just a smart hitter. He's been around a while. You'll hear him talk about his approach and everything he's learned from all his time in the ACC. Um, but that guy's ready to go, and I think he's ready to have a really good season um, and up those power numbers from last year. Um James Tibbs, freshman, yeah, that's some real, real special power um, there. Um, you know, I know Aria was there, too, watching the scrimmage, and Tibbs hit a ball across the street over a tree, I believe, off a fastball up and in on his hands, just turned on it and absolutely torched it, and it was, it was eye-opening. I mean, I've been saying for a while that I thought Tibbs has special, special power, especially he's shown it in in BP, but that was the first time he's really shown it in a scrimmage I've been at, and it was something something to behold, really. It was a ball that everybody knew the second it hit the bat, it was gone. Um, so it's good opening day of preseason camp for that for, for, for the freshman that's in a position battle. Um, I really thought Ch- Trayton Rank had a nice day as well. A couple hits for the freshman, um, was playing third base, played a really strong third base as well. Um, so if Tyler Martin's not ready to go to open the season, not saying that he will be, but just if he's not, um, Trayton Rank may be the guy at third base, and I think that he'll be able to do stuff from day one as a freshman, and that's a competitive kid, and he grinds down at, at bats, and, and he can do a lot of different things for you. I mean, plays all nine positions like I've mentioned on here before, and, and he's a kid that's just a smart baseball player, um, and he made some really smart plays at third base just the other day in the scrimmage that... I was kind of like, that's just, it's really advanced for a freshman. Um, so if Florida State needs to lean on him, that's not going to be an issue. I don't think he's a very stable player and really solid all across the board. Um, moving on to pitchers, uh, a lot of guys were, I thought were really good, really good, really sharp for day one. Parker Messick really settled in in his second inning. Um, I mean, his changeup is just, I mean, that thing is, it's not fair. Um, really gave guys right-handers fits with it. 
Um, I thought the slider looks better. Um, you know, he's been working, make, make, trying to make that slider a bit harder this year. And I really thought the other day it had some bite and gave left-handers more trouble. Um, you know, now it's not as much, as sweepy as it was. Now he's got the curveball for, you know, the slower pitch and the slider can be that hard wipeout pitch. Um, so I think he's really got four pitches now that are going to make life just so tough on, on any ACC hitter and any hitter in general. Uh, fastball was 90-91 most of the day, um, really holding there. And, uh, you know, like Parker usually does, he's just grinding out and throwing strikes and getting guys out. That's what he does. Bryce Hubbard, um, really think he's taking a prof- professional approach to this, um, like a spring training, basically. Um, he's working really hard on, on his changeup and his slider and perfecting those pitches. Uh, changeup is, I believe he's got a new grip or he's got a new release on it or something. It, it's moving a lot more. It looks much better. It's something that he wants to use more this year, I think. Um, you know, he really only relied on his curveball last year and he'd throw the changeup, but it wasn't a pitch that he was using to try to get guys out. It was more so um, throw it to throw it. I think now he's got that pitch to get guys out as well. And then a new slider is it's when he snaps that thing off, it's it's completely unfair. Um, just it gets a lot of guys just left-handers, right-handers get silly swings off that thing. Um, another guy I thought was really good was Ross Dunn. Um, he had nine swing, he picked up nine swing and misses in, in just two innings of work. Fastball was mostly 92, 93, um, some 91s, 94s in there as well. Um, Curveball was a bit better, a bit sharper. Um, don't know if he's calling it a curveball or a slider now. It's got a little bit of both in it. Um, so it's but that thing when he gets it off, when when he gets it downhill, he he gets lots of swing and misses on that. And his changeup is also taking steps forward as as well. And man, the changeup is so important to Jimmy Bellinger and and what he wants to do. And a lot of these guys' changeups have taken steps forward, even just from fall to now. I think it's. Really impressive what they've done in bullpens and how they've gotten some of these guys ready. Um, Jonas Scalaro, I thought, was the sharpest of the group. Uh, he's the guy that's going to be in the mix for a weekend spot, and he just came out throwing strikes with everything. Everything was working for him. Like I've mentioned before, his spin rates on his breaking balls are, are well up, um, and his changeup has gotten much better as well. He got a bunch of funky swings from the changeup, a bunch of swing and misses from right-handed hitters on on Friday from that pitch, and I think that's really going to open him up against right-handed pitchers, I mean right-handed hitters. Um, Joe Charles was another guy that I thought was really impressive, um, was mostly 93-94 with his fastball, um, was throwing a hammer breaking ball at 80 miles per hour, and also added in a, a really hard changeup for a couple pitches. Um, I mean, his changeup's in the upper 80s at most times, and not a ton of movement, some of it is a bit of a two-seam fastball, even, but, I mean, it works for him. And the power fastball that he has, if that changeups around the zone, um, it's going to give guys fits, I think. Um, and if he just keeps getting better and better and sharper and sharper like he's been doing with Jimmy Bellinger, he's got a chance to be a really, really good bullpen arm for Florida State. Um, Dylan Simmons also has a really good chance of being a really strong bullpen arm for the Seminoles. Um, fastballs working 91, 92 mostly with a ton of ride on it. Um, you know, he works it off that left-hander's hip and he brings it in on right-hander's hands and, and gives everybody fits with that thing. And it's just hard to pick up on him when he pairs that with his really hard slider. I mean, his slider's in the 86, 87 range and it snaps off really hard. And I just think with Dylan as a pitcher only, he's really throwing with some intensity and 
he's really going to give guys trouble out of the pen, and I think he's going to have a chance to be in that back in that back end of the pen and do some good things for Florida State. Um, so just really glad he came back and he entered the transfer portal at one point, but he's going to be a weapon for Florida State this year, that's for sure. Um, that's us. Mostly everything from the scrimmage. Um, they'll be scrimmaging again today. Um, likely won't be there I'm out of town, but we'll be there for most of the scrimmages, me or Aria, and I think we're going to do some more weekly recaps of the scrimmages and stuff leading up to the season. Um, really ramping up the content here soon. Um, we got a bunch more interviews coming before the season with a lot of big names, so looking forward to that. But for now, um, we're going to go one-on-one with Alex Terrell and talk about his transfer portal process and why why Florida State was a good fit for him. Um, so to hear that, um, here it is. Here's Alex Terrell. Sitting here in the traditions room with Alex Terrell, now Florida State Seminole. Just first off, Alex, how's it going and just how does it feel to be in Garnet and Gold now? It's great. Uh, it was a little weird at first, but you know, once I got here and kind of embodied the culture, you know, I realized I love it here and that's where I'm supposed to be. If I had told you four years ago that in a couple of weeks you'll be starting opening day at, in, in Dick Hauser Stadium, just, just what would you have said? How weird would you have thought that was? I would have probably told you you were crazy if I'm being honest with you. But, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And like I said, I love it here. It's honestly a great environment. After the draft and just, you know, not being drafted and deciding to come back to school for another year, what was just the process of going into the portal and starting to talk to schools like? Uh, it was hectic. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was going to be um, as a roller coaster as it was. Uh, once I entered the portal, it, there was a ton of people calling real fast. And uh, it kind of drove me crazy for a little bit. But once I had narrowed it down, uh, there's a few schools. And obviously, I thought Florida State was the best fit. And, you know, I've made the choice. And I don't think I'm ever going to have to look back on this one. Just what was it about Florida State that made it such a good fit for you? You know, obviously, the the winning culture here. I feel like the when you think of Florida State, you think of guys going to Omaha. You think of, you know, teams that, that play real tough. And, you know, I played them four, four times last year. And they, they took it to us pretty well. So I knew that they were going to be strong coming in the next year, have a good chance of making a deep run in the postseason with the returning roster they had. And obviously, the stadium, I felt like, fits right for my mm-hmm. swing and for my profile. And, you know, Mike Martin, meet, you know, welcome me pretty open arms and uh he made it pretty hard to say no just how what was it like the reaction i guess to when you you know you tell them family you're always from miami you went to miami just what was the reaction of some of your family friends when you said you know i'm going to go wear garnet and gold now uh, a lot of my friends were really supportive to be honest with you um they, they knew everything that had happened at miami and my family was always telling me hey whatever you think is best we're going to support you with it and you know I think that ultimately this was the best decision for me and and for anything that I could have done moving forward. I think Florida State was definitely the way to go. Throughout the fall and now early here in preseason, just how has the transition been and getting together with the guys and just how how has everything been for you moving up to Tallahassee? It's been really smooth. I I didn't expect it to go this way. Uh, I expected, you know, to hear a little bit of negative talk about Miami and, you know, guys kind of Mm -hmm. looking at me the wrong way. But like I said, they welcomed me with open arms and uh, you know, I got along great with a bunch of guys on the team. I had known a couple of them previously, but never been on the same team as them and been around them as much. And I feel like we gelled together perfectly and, you know, made some friendships that I'm probably going to have for a long time. You talked a little bit about choosing up because of the culture. Just just what is it about that culture that makes this this experience unique? I think the togetherness of this team and just the way that the meat goes about his business, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's really professional. It's really uh, homey environment. I feel like he, he really makes this a family. And 
the, just the winning aspect of this place. I mean, even if Florida State doesn't have a great team, they seem to always make it far. So it's like, you know, I want to be a part of something like that. I've never been to Omaha. They've been to Omaha, I think, twice since I've been in college. And it's like, you know what, I want to do that. And, you know, I think that this team is special enough to have a deep run this year. You saw last year firsthand how good this team could be when they were really clicking. Just how good do you think you guys can be this year with a little bit of a new roster but still returning so many arms from last year? I think that if, if we stay together and we take care of the little things, uh, hold each other accountable, and, and do things the right way, it's going to be a dangerous team and it's going to be a really, really fun season to be a part of. Um, definitely the arms are incredible, no doubt. I think you know having the opportunity to face these guys throughout all the fall and all the spring is really going to prepare this lineup for any pitchers that come our way because, to be honest with you, we have righties, we have power arms, we have lefties. It's, you know, we got everything that you're probably going to be throwing at you in the season. Our, our pitching staff's giving it to us the whole fall and spring. Like you said, you faced these guys so much, these arms, you know, last year in the season and also now all fall. Just is there a certain guy that really always has your number? Is there is just how frustrating can it be on a day-to-day basis to have to face those guys every day? I love it. I love the competition. Uh, I definitely probably got to say Parker Messick is, is probably one of my favorite guys to face just because I know he's competing his tail off and I'm into the, doing the same. It seems like it's always a tough at bat. It's never just going to be like a one pitch and done type of thing. Last time I faced him, it was like eight pitches. He got to me, but it was a good at bat. It was tough. And uh, I like competing in that nature. And obviously, you know, we talk back and forth joking with each other, but we, we all know it. the end goal is we're on the same team. So. Your power numbers were down a little bit last year, but, you know, your on-base percentage was still high. Just how much pride do you take in, you know, working counts and getting on base whenever you can? Of course. I feel like if, if the more you get on base, the better chance your team has of scoring. And um, ultimately, you don't have to always get a hit to get on base. And I think working counts, having the guys behind me seeing more pitches and making the guy throw more. Uh, you know, usually you could say you got a Friday night arm who's – pretty good and you get him out there and he's out of the fifth inning because we work counts we walked a lot of times they got to go into their bullpen and it makes it tough for teams to you know kind of get through a weekend when you get into the bullpen early you talked about it a little bit earlier but when you stand in the box and you look out to right field and you have that short porch just I mean just how much of a, of a benefit is that to you I mean even sometimes you'll just pop it up and it'll hit the fence just how fun is it hitting here in this stadium it's it's, it's great I think that Florida State's a, a hitter's park uh no doubt and I wouldn't say Miami was a hitter's park when I was there. I feel like the wind was blowing in a ton uh, last year especially. And I, I try not to think about the short porch because I know if I pop it up, it's it's got a good chance of getting out of here. So I try to stay true to the middle of the field. And if by accident I do cap one or I'm a little bit out in front, I got a good chance of extra bases. You know, you come here and Meat has a pretty specific approach to how he wants guys to hit. Just what has that been like? What has that process been like to you learning how he wants his hitters to approach every at-bat? I think the most important thing he's he said to us, and honestly what's clicked with me, is hit what you're supposed to hit and take what you're supposed to take. Um, you know, go in there, hunt a, a fastball or an off-speed pitch. If they're telling you, hey, this guy's an off-speed guy, we're going to hunt this pitch. You go in there and you hunt that, and if, if he gives it to you, you hit it. If it's not there, you take it. And it's been pretty simple, and I think that's why we've had a successful fall hitting. He's kept it real simple and kind of let guys just go out there and do their thing. I believe Coach Metcalf is a big part of your recruitment, just, and he also works closely with the hitters as well. Just, what is your relationship with like with him, and how is he on a day-to-day basis with you guys as a guy that's a former scout and has been around guys that are major league players? He's a great guy to work with. He knows a ton about the game, a ton about hitting. Um, 
to be honest with you, Metcalf really t shoots it straight with us. He's got a positive attitude every day. But if he sees something and he thinks it's wrong, he'll shoot it straight with you. And that's what I love about him. He'll, he won't, you know, kind of try to sugarcoat it to make you feel good about it. He'll tell you, hey, this is what you need to work on and you, this is what you need to do. And I think I've formed a good relationship with him where he'll tell me, hey, you know, kind of keep an eye out for this and that and kind of, you know, open communication between him and I. You've got four years of ACC experience already. Just how much confidence does that give you going into a season when you know really really know what to expect, you know, the ups and downs? Just how much confidence does that give you on an everyday basis that you'll be able to basically be able to respond to whatever you see? It's great, you know, being able to be experienced and, and having guys on the team use my experience to benefit them. You know, younger guys coming up to me and asking me questions about this and that. And it's, it's great to be able to give back and give those guys knowledge so they kind of know what they're getting themselves into, not just, hey, you know, I don't really have anybody who I could go ask how it was when this happened or, you know, what was it like when you struggled. And obviously being able to give back to these younger guys and kind of be a leader in this clubhouse uh, I think is, is going to help us a lot. This year, it seems like you guys have a lot of coaches on the field. I mean, yourself, I mean, Jordan at shortstop has seemed to be that. Just how much does it help when guys around each other are lifting each other up and answering those questions like you asked? I think it's a huge, you know, component of the team because if something were to go wrong, it's not, hey, the coaches are the ones telling us. At the end of the day, it's us telling each other. And, you know, as teammates, I think that, that makes a team better just because hey, this is, you know, a good friend of mine, and he's telling me straight up, you need to be better at this or you need to work on that instead of a coach. Sometimes you can look at it as a coach telling you and being like, oh, man, he's kind of, you know, being tough on me. But if it's coming from your teammate, you know it's all love. And, and it's, a, it's different because the age is closer, and, you know, the, I, th I think people respect that more. You DH'd a lot at Miami, but you're really going to be relied on here at first base. Just how much – have you enjoyed getting to play first base a little more on just an everyday basis? And how much are you looking forward to being out on the field for, you know, entire games now instead of just hitting? I love it. I love playing defense. Um, I think it's something that I've had a little chip on my shoulder since last year, being able to prove to people that, hey, I'm, I'm a really good defensive first baseman. I may not be able to move as fast as other guys, but I could pick it with anybody. And uh, I think my infielders trust me when they throw across the diamond. They know they don't have to make a perfect throw. Uh, pitchers definitely like having me out there. I know Hubbard hits me ground balls every day, and I tell him, hey, make it tough on me. Make me move. Make me get after balls. And, you know, he kind of laughs at me if I miss one because he's like, I think this is the first ball you've missed in all week. So, you know, I, I like that he, you know, makes it tough on me out there. And when I first talked to Meet about coming here, I said, hey, I want to play 56 games, nine innings at first base. That's my goal. And um, I think he, he's trusting me out there. So, You've played with good shortstops at Miami, especially defensively. Just now you have Jordan at shortstop. Just what do you see from him every day on a, on a daily basis? I mean, he's got a pretty special glove. Just how would you describe him as a defender? He's very smooth. And I think what makes him ultimately the most special defender on the team is he doesn't take a rep off. It seems like every single rep he takes his game like he's always asking me, hey, what was that time to first base? And make sure he's putting enough on the ball or being quick enough on the transfer to get it over there to get most runners, which I think... The younger guys are, are noticing that, and you know now Trayton's taking reps at shortstop, and he's kind of trying to keep up with JC, and it's, you know, it's a good little teamwork kind of thing that makes everybody go. I mean, you and Jordan faced each other last year in opening weekend, and now you'll both be together on the roster this year. But going off the field, just some more non-serious stuff. Just what are some of your hobbies off the field that you like to do to get away from baseball a little bit? I love fishing. I feel like uh, I found a pretty good fishing spot up here, and. I go with some of the guys on the team. We've caught some dinner, so it's uh, it's definitely been fun. I think you've been here for about seven months now. Is there, I guess, if you had one place to choose to eat in Tallahassee, what would it be? 
I definitely would go to Iluuso. It's like that nice Italian restaurant. I went there once and I had a Hawaiian ribeye. It was great. I'm not going to lie. And then just going back to on the field with this team, I mean, this team's been – the guys on this team have been to Omaha. You've gotten close yourself. Just what do you think is, is a key to getting there and really getting over that hump? I think it's holding everybody accountable. We definitely have the talent. Uh, we got the arms. We got the bats. We can play defense. Uh, we got some speed. And we got a little bit of everything. So I think if we hold each other accountable as a team, make sure everybody's doing their part to pull their side of the rope, um, like I said, it's going to be really dangerous. I think that a lot of people are going to kind of be scared to come over here and play us. You've played here. You know a bit about what this environment's like. You know about, about this section B animals. If you had a nickname for them to call you while you're at the plate, what would it be? I have no idea. I, I would love to see what they come up with. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be fun. I was talking to, to Belly this morning in the weight room, and I was like, man, it'd be so nice to host a regional and super regional here if we can have a good season. Definitely the environments. You, you, know, you go on the road. I've been on the road for all my regionals, and you know the home environment there, it's crazy, and I would love to kind of be a part of that, something at home, something where I play every day and get the fans involved. Thanks to Alex Terrell for taking the time to do that interview. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching him this year in the Garnet and Gold. Um, really liked hearing his thoughts on the transfer portal process and everything that brought him to Florida State. Um, and you hear a little bit about the culture and how much it really means at Florida State and, and how much it, it really is a thing. And those guys really like to play for each other. And you see it every day at practice. They really like playing baseball with each other every single day in and out. Um, we're in this episode with some the audio from Meet's press conference the other day, about nine minutes of him taking questions. Um, so if you want to hear all of what Meet had to say, um, keep listening. Um, once again, thanks for listening to Sunday Golds. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and, and leave us a review if you can. Um, here's Mike Martin Jr.'s uh, preseason opening press conference. The weather's nice. We get a good day in. It's supposed to be crappy tomorrow, but thank goodness we got an indoor we can go to and get some work done tomorrow and then another big scrimmage on Sunday. And then, uh, then we'll start working the relievers in uh, our scrimmages throughout the week and uh, get these guys built up, try to get them in the right spots, and uh, continue preaching what we've been preaching. Is that we got to be versatile. We don't know what's going to happen with injuries and COVID and everything else. Uh, i got a couple guys out right now uh, with COVID, but all in all, we've, we've done real well. Three weeks out from first pitch, how many position battles do you have? How many things do you still have to figure out? Yeah, there's. There's certain guys that are going to play. You know, they're going to be out there where they're going to be. Really, truly, nothing is settled yet. Um, you know, Terrell will be at first base. There's one that's a, you know, settled, if you will. But um, you know, what, what we're going to do in the middle, what we're going to do, you know, late in the ball game. None of those, you know, obviously Parker and Hub are locks. But um, you know, whether they're going to be one, two, or the other, be the other way. You know, Hub could go first as well. So. Uh, they, they love to compete. They love to uh, feed off of each other, and that's a good thing. What's got you excited about this upcoming season, about this team? Well, a lot more depth. You know, we were really on eggshells last year and trying to put guys in bubble wrap because we couldn't afford. You know, we just didn't have the depth, and uh, we've got a lot more depth, more athleticism. We'll run more. We'll do some things that uh, try to put pressure on people. I presume the athleticism should also make you a better defensive player. Yeah, we're going to get to a lot more balls. That foot speed is everything, and uh, we've got we've gained a lot of it. And um, the fact that we can do different things with different guys, it's, it makes for the old school Florida State constant pressure, hitting and running, running and hitting, you know, starting guys. You know, we, a lot of times we wouldn't start guys 
for a number of reasons. One, they, you know, the foot speed wasn't there, but you know, the thought of getting somebody hurt, we just were mortified. So it's good to cut them loose. You guys have some transfers in. It's, it's new to some sports, but it's not really new to baseball. Uh, how have these guys fit in with you guys? What's the key to that? Yeah, you're you're always worried. You know, um, when you bring in guys, especially the break. And Brock Mathis was a guy that we felt like we needed to, to get. And, you know, I, after talking to him twice, I said this guy will fit right in with our guys. And they're all, you know, fun-loving. They're all hardworking. They all have been through the rigors of a season, and um, they're very mature. And they fit all of them. They fit right in. And it's been, you know, the older guys are like, this is the best clubhouse they've seen since they've been here. Very encouraging. With so many of those those new transfer guys being in the infield, how much are they going to set the tone? You're talking about with defense and at the plate with their approach. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All of the above. And, um, you know, we're going to shift more this year. Um, you know, I wasn't comfortable with it last year. We've got another year's worth of data that um, we'll delve into. Um, anytime you can you know, take a side of the field away where 80% of the balls are going to go, uh, you combine that with foot speed and accurate arms and stuff like that, it makes that pitching that much better. How's Reese Albert doing as far as just getting back from everything he's battled? Great. He, he's been really special. And um, his work ethic and uh, being upbeat, um, he's out right now, but um, he's, he'll, he'll be fine. And um, you know, the leadership and you know, his swing is a lot more under control, and he's really, really played well. With Colton, how, how, how big a strides has he taken from last year to this year? Yeah, he's, he's a totally different guy. You know, he's stronger and more confident, and, you know, he's putting together really good ABs. He's tough as can be. Um, you know, him and Brock really do a really good job on getting that low strike. And with this pitching staff like we have, we've got to steal some strikes, and they'll both do it. And they'll both play. Talk about Parker and Bryce being kind of the established one-two in some order. Do you, is there a front runner right now to be that third guy, or how many guys are in that conversation still? Eight. <laughs> really and truly, there's literally eight guys for that third and fourth spot. And um, you know, we feel some guys are more cut out to be short, um, you know, inning or two inning, inning or two types. But you know, those two or anybody would love to have them as their first two. But that third and fourth spot, it is wide open, and we're going to build up about eight guys just you know we'll figure it out right before the season starts who's throwing the best how's Carson Montgomery doing at bouncing back from last year which was an up and down year for him yeah he's, he's been much more consistent you know his misses were big at times and, um, he can kind of peter out around that third and fourth inning and uh, he's really worked hard on his endurance and uh, you know mechanics and proving those and, and making them more repeatable a little bit more clean and simple versus he used to have a little hitch and we're trying to eliminate that hitch let the arm work you know, throw more strikes, and he's been really good. With Bryce and Parker, they were both making changes to their breaking balls. Just how how, how the breaking balls come along? They just them. added one. They went Both of them are throwing a slider now. So it uh, makes it very difficult. When you got four above average pitches versus three, and both of them you know, picked it up over the summer and continued working with Jimmy on it. And uh, it makes it's going to mess up some hitters because they're used to that 2-1 change up, and there's a good chance it's going to be a hard slider with both of them. I know you like to scrimmage a lot. Like what's what's the benefit of scrimmage? What do you learn about the team when you scrimmage? Well, you can start and stop, you know, and you, you got, you know, four hours a day versus, you know, an hour a day. So once you really get these big scrimmages in, you want to build them up to be able to play nine innings. It's a little bit more than you think, you know, when you're usually playing, you know, just a couple, three innings and all right, great. And then well, and all of a sudden you're sore. We got to get that soreness out and make sure guys are, you know, where they're supposed to be. And we can, when I say start and stop, like I can pull them all together. If a certain situation came up, all right, when this happens, this is what we're going to do. And um, 
and again, we're not rushed for time, so it's real nice. A few weeks out, I, do you have any idea about the, the lineup composition, which guys might sit, what spots in the order? No, really. We got a lot of different um, scenarios that we could we could go with. Um, you know, T. Martin and uh, Logan will be somewhere towards the top, but Logan's got some juice. You know, we could put Carrion on there. You could put B. Rob there. There's a lot of different things that you can do. So we want to see, and, it, and it's good for the guys to go against this pitching staff that they're going against. Uh, it's only going to make both sides of the the ball better. Good night. Good. With B Rob, he came in as a guy that swings about pretty high, like really aggressive. Just how do you balance that and also staying within his your guys' approach? You gotta be careful. You know, like you think back to Quincy, Neoporti. Um, I always like to have one, maybe two, of a kind of a different, you know, not really getting any counts, just um, kind of whoa, what was that? That's not the Florida State way, you know, kinda of, uh, jack you know, the other team up. And he's got a little bit of that. Um, and so I'm not, you got to be careful in trying to take that total, you know, aggressiveness away. But, um, you know, the big thing with him is leaving that alone. He's got to leave that alone. And, um, you know, he's a low ball hitter. And if it's down, it's borderline down, let's go. And, um, but we're expecting big things. How beneficial was the surgery for Tyler as far as just getting it cleaned up and getting back to being normal? Yeah, it, it's really helped. Um, it was painful. He had basically the same thing that, that Reese had. It, you know, went out, went back in, and when it did, it, Caused a bad bone bruise, and they couldn't see anything when they looked at it. And plus, he didn't want to not play. So, um, you know, getting it tightened up and good, you know, it's it's reassuring. He took BP on the field yesterday for the first time, and um, you know, he's probably 75% swinging it. But you know, did his usual, worked it around the field, and you know, had a smile on his face. So that's good. And then the next week, we start into the hitting and throwing. He's in the you know 120 feet kind of a lob stage right now, but everything's on schedule. It'll, it'll be close, whether open, opening day or not. He'll be ready to go. With AJ, he didn't see much time last year, but he had a strong summer. Just how special are his raw tools, and what have you seen in his development? He's he's starting to grasp things. You know, things that make sense. The slider, you can see the spin. Leave it alone unless it's sitting on a tee. You know, that's the one he can hammer. Um, he's got that power speed combo that's really hard to find. He hits balls like you know Cabell does, and or did, and I guess he still is. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's got a chance to really be special. He's just got to you know harness it all and um, you know be ready when that time comes. And he's competing for that job. Left. You guys have moved Logan to center full time. Just what have you seen from him over the fall and into the preseason? You know, he's always been a guy that you look at him and you don't see you know doesn't scream out athleticism. But he is an incredible athlete that um, takes his good routes and gets jumps on the ball. He can really change a game in center field. So um, that's the plan is to leave him out there and let him run. And, you know, where he'll hit in order, we'll figure that out later. Thank you, B.